Hello and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we're back in 2019, and as always, I'm Illegal86, and I'm joined Happy by the Nerd Bomber. Everybody. And feels Jack like Boy. I haven't talked to you guys since last year. How long were you waiting to say that? Sorry. You've best, been waiting weeks. Best dad joke of the new year, honestly. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're coming in hot, um, as you can see. It's 2019. Happy New Year, guys. Uh, we made it another very year. exciting. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, more survival in store, I guess. And uh, Merry Christmas. That's delayed, but, well, and I saw you guys, but, like, for the for the listeners, I'll say Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy holidays if you're not a Christmas celebrating type. And uh, yeah, um, let's let's dive right into the what are you up to Wednesday and just kind of refresh on what uh, the last month had for all of us. So let's uh, take it over to Tactic Ooh, One. I'm very excited. So as most of you know, my New Year's resolution was to commit more to things and, and be more of a hobbyist. And I want full steam ahead. Just this last weekend, I actually brewed my first beer. Now, I won't be able to taste it, know how well it turned out for another three weeks because it has to ferment, but I'm doing it, guys. I'm committing, and I'm hobbying it up, so that's very exciting. He is looking for good names for his beer, so if you have any good suggestions, preferably something along the dad joke line of work he would love to hear your suggestions for his beer name the only thing i got so far is a slogan and what, what uh, don't know I'm, that i'm ready to share it yet i don't know that it's i think it needs to be polished okay. a bit more still a work in progress um i do have a name suggestion but i have to ask first what tell me about this beer it is a wheat beer like what kind of beer is it or if you're not really fitting into a specific kind just like tell me about it's its a german quality wheat beer. Uh, uh hefeweizen would you okay would you characterize it as golden uh i don't know it's not done yet <laughs> it should be golden when it's done with it, it should be a, a sort of clear gold amber color if everything goes well okay so consider right so consider this um Last I checked, and I checked fairly recently, um, you guys have a dog who also happens to be the Online Warriors official mascot. Um, can, I, can I say his name? Is that Go okay? Or is oh, that too personal? his name. Uh, his, his name is Charlie, um, and he's a golden retriever. So just call your beer Charlie the Golden. He's mulling it Consider over. That. I can see the gears turning in his head. Charlie the Golden sounds like sounds like it should I can be think... like a dark ale. Now, so, I'm, yeah, so this is a, this is a, a wheat beer. I'm kind of a hobby. fan. I'm kind of a fan okay. of a general dog theme. However, like isn't there like a dog called a wheat field? The wheat. What is it? Wheat and terrier. Wheat and terrier. Put we just we pick a bunch of breeds mm. based on the type of beer, and then we just give it a fun name. I mean, here's the thing with beer. You can name it whatever the heck you want. I I once had a beer, and this was, I think, very recently. It was at a beer or at a brewery near where I am currently living, and I had a beer that they have locally brewed called A Wizard is Never Late, 
I think it was just a wizard is never late, which is a line from Lord of the Rings. But they're like, what should we call this? Oh, what's your favorite line from any movie? And they just did it. So like, that's the best part about this. There's no rules. Um, but you're looking, are you looking to like go with a theme? So like, as you make more beers, you can refine the names, confine the names I'm to sold a specific on theme. So I'm like sold dog on breeds. For... This is it. Wheaton. We're doing a Wheaton Terrier. That's what this one's going to be. Okay. So this is a Wheaton Terrier. Well, let's let's just take this opportunity while we're all together to kind of brainstorm. Let's say you make, let's say your next beer is a, is a milk stout. All right, just spitballing. What what's what, what what dog breed would you call that beer? It's dark. I, I, I might ignore it's, the milk part I, of it and and stick more towards the stout side of it. And what sounds similar to stout? Right, so like what's stout? Let's go with stout. Yes, snout. The word like a dog snout. The sniffy snout. Stout. Boom. <laughs> it's not a dog breed, but that works. I like wow. that. You, you should absolutely write that one down. Well, now we have it immortalized um, in podcast history. I'll, you can just go back and reference all of these great ideas. So just do thog dog themed. This is good, guys. This is real good. So, yes, excited. I think we're up. New hobby. Yeah. I'm going to see how it turns out, and uh, we'll keep honing the uh, the craft. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's good, right? Craft, craft beer, honing the craft. But um, one of these days you'll have to explain to me how exactly that sort of thing is done, just so I can try and do it. Wrong. It's actually really easy. Um, they have kits. I mean, yeah, you can go above and beyond and like do your own hops and everything like that. They have kits where you just like clean it, throw in the syrup or not syrup the the mixture. syrupy mixture, throw in the yeast. Add some water, you're good to go. There was some boiling involved. You should add syrup, actual syrup. That's what I'm saying to your next beer and see what happens. I'm I'm not comfortable enough um, to start going off uh, off the grid on these on these pre-made kits. I mean, either way, what you're describing sounds like it's above my pay grade. You said it would be easy, but you're boiling things, you're cleaning things. I mean, right away, right there, I I, I can't do it. Um, but you can make a bunch of dog themed beers and we're all looking forward to trying them. I'm really, I'm really curious. Cause like, as you said, like adding stuff in one of the first things I thought about when he was making the beer was like, Oh, what if you throw some like fruit in there? What would it taste like? And I'm super curious. Like I kind of want to get a second kit and then just throw in like kiwi while we're boiling it and make like a weird like kiwi beer. And, like, not leave the fruit in there because that would be weird, but, like, as it boils and then strain it out and see how that would taste. It sounds super weird, but... No, so what you... It it sounds very good, actually, but here's what I would do if I got a kit. We should consider doing this, like, as a... Like, we each brew a beer and then, like, give, like, like our post-game. That'd be, that'd be a fun thing for the podcast to do. Uh, but... I want to like I'd be off the rails. I'd be I'd like start boiling it and I'd be like, let's throw some Starburst in there, you know? Let's throw some paper, Ooh, paper. you know, just like crazy off the wall stuff. I mean, eh. and then you could call it the beer like Dunder Mifflin or something. Like I'm, I would get so creative. And sure, ninety nine out of a hundred would probably be misses. But then when I hit that one that was actually somehow good, 
like I bet the cardboard you know really your starboard then I would just have to go with idea. A, but I, I'm really digging that but what color would you use this is important oh it's I mean see this is tricky because I my favorite color is red um incidentally my least favorite color is pink which is like everyone's favorite color but that's a road we shouldn't go down uh I would put yellow in there which I know is unpopular. I like yellow, so I'm on board. But. So I'm a big fan of wheat beers. You guys are going crazy. The only thing I think I would experiment with is caramel and orange. Well, see, the thing is, I feel like a Starburst okay. or a Kiwi would bring like an orangey blue moon spin to a beer. It would give it that little like hint of sweetness. You're not leaving like a ton in there. You're just boiling the flavor into the mixture. And letting it, I don't like. I don't even know how do you add flavor, guys. If there's any beer brewing experts out there, give us a shout. We want to hear. When I think kiwi, all I keep picturing is cucumber water. Like that's what you're gonna make, cucumber water. But but kiwi. What about cucumber? Not actually. cucumber. Ooh. Hey, it worked out in water, but someone <laughs> said Ooh. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, like, man. Now I'm just thinking about all the candy possibilities, like. I like sour beers, and sour beers are Sour a thing. Patch Kid beer. So, like, put a Sour Patch Kid in the thing lemon. and just see. They've done that. Yeah, lemon sour patch. They have, like, lemon shandy. But they wow. haven't done lemon sour patch. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to play it I think safe. we're on to guys, guys, we should crazy. just forget the podcast. No offense, audience. We're going to make an online Warriors beer. Just a line of beer experiment with all of these crazy things just candy flavored beer we're gonna go all in let's do this 2019 big year next time you see us we'll be on the label of our beer which will be in stores online warriors what would it be on tap warriors on tap Uh, warriors um, yeah yeah look at me go so uh, we'll be working on that, but for the time being, we haven't really started yet. So we're going to have to keep doing the podcast. Uh, what about so? Let's what about a transition period? I can have brewing with How, with Tectic. You you could. You know what? I think that would be a great way for us to expand into a video segment. Um, do you have like a chef's hat? No, but I need an apron. I think you also need a chef's hat. I'm feeling backward snapback on this one. Ooh. I mean, I know it's not cooking, but I feel like there's got to be something on your head. Backward snapback, I could get I could get there. All right, let's do it, guys. Um, so say the Brewing with Tactics segment coming soon. I mean, this sounds like the next viral video craze. It's like, can you, I'm picturing like two people like sitting in a coffee shop. And then they're like, hey, did you see this week's episode of Brewing with Tectic? He put Starburst in the beer. And they're like, yeah. And he said it was good. Let's go buy some. I can just I, I picture it in my head. Um, so we'll, we'll get started on that. Our research department will crunch the numbers. But in the meantime, let's take it over to the Nerd Bomber. Oh, man. So there's a lot of stuff I feel like that's happened in the past few. I think it's been like three or four weeks since we've had a podcast episode. Um, the holidays came and went. I got a Roomba. That's pretty nifty. Like, so I, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on the idea of a Roomba when I have dog hair all over my um, floor. 
but this thing is a little beast. It picks up everything. It's amazing. The only sad part for me is that when we first got it, um, so it can it can go under your furniture, and it's pretty baller. It can like detect cliffs so it doesn't fall down your stairs, all that good stuff. But they didn't account for a vent. So there was a vent that's under our couch, and the tire got stuck on the vent. So we went to the movies, and the entire length, actually, we saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And the entire time we were at the movies, Jealous. I was getting pinged at these sad little pings. Roomba needs your help. Roomba is stuck. Roomba needs your help. Oh, and I God. had my phone off, so then when we left the movie, I looked at my phone and I was like, oh no, Wally, we're coming for you. And we had to like lift the couch and fish him out. See, because you told me the story about how it got stuck under the couch, but you didn't tell me the devastating part sad. of like, it yeah, calling it was, for your help. I felt like a bad parent. Not like, it. He was just stuck in the abyss of the undercouch. Mom. Mom. Have you found a way to circumvent the the vent um, issue? It, so the Roomba, it came with like a, a virtual wall barrier thing that you can put up. So we just have it blocked off so that it like deters the Roomba from going under the couch. Okay. I'm jealous. I mean, look, I don't vacuum a lot, but when I do, I'm like, I wish I it's had a It's super nice. Um, yeah. That's pretty awesome. And then... Uh, uh, it sounds like you're a lot less dog hairy. But anyways, so, go on. Other things, uh, we played a lot of games. Uh, Tectic had gotten, he didn't mention this, he got Lego um, DC Supervillains. And we basically busted that out in the span of a week because we both had off from work. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Tectic, any, any thoughts? No. So my biggest... So, one, I've said this before, the Lego games are my guilty pleasure. Some say, oh, those are those games. Well, back off. They're made for adults. Um, but some of the some of the Lego games for me are hit or miss because, so the Lego movie game, it was like generic construction workers who you just unlocked. And it wasn't really any characters that I knew from my childhood or my adulthood or moving forwardhood or any kind of hoods that I've been on. Um, but the... <laughs> villains and the the regular hero lego games it's always so exciting because you get to play as literally any character they they always give you this fantastic cast of characters that you can play on play as with these awesome abilities and let you unlock more and more stuff the more you progress and seriously guys if you haven't played a lego superhero game whether it be villains or superheroes i truly recommend it because every time it does not disappoint and then i guess Oops, sorry, I, go ahead. No, that, I, I've I've been wanting to try the Lego games for a long time. Uh, um, it, I will say the whole like it, oh they're for kids thing that's not that that hasn't been what stopped me. Um, but everyone who's played them seems to love they're them. They're a really good time, so. and especially it's one of the few games these days that have like the couch co-op, and it's just a really good game to sit down with somebody, be it roommate, significant other, whoever you may want to play with, and just bang out a game probably not a good use of words but yeah just with your significant other and, and you know bang <laughs> it out mm-hmm. roommate banging it out you know whatever it takes uh speaking of couch co-op uh and, and to kind of transition are you guys playing a way we out already 
completed. Or did you just? Okay, shoot. Okay, first of all, Mm -hmm. no spoilers, Um, because uh, uh, my significant other and I are quote unquote banging that one out right now. Um, And I will say, first of all, it's great so far. I've missed couch co-op so much. Um, in my house, when I was a kid, couch co-op was was underutilized because I'd be like, to my older brother, I'd be like, hey, you want to play a co-op game? Be like, no, I want to beat you mercilessly at every game we ever play. Um, so it's nice to just be able to be on a team with somebody. And uh, it's a lot of fun so far. I've been playing a lot of games too. Uh, Spider-Man, which I know... Nerd Bomber, you so, mentioned so that. So, so happy for you. Weeks ago. It's, I feel like it's a life-changing game experience. It is. So, an update on that front, and this is this is more for Nerd Bomber than any of the listeners, but I don't care. Uh, you know the yes, backpacks? I do know the backpacks. I got all the It's backpacks. such a satisfying feeling. No spoilers. It's so nice. It's just a collectible in the game. I think we talked about it, it at it's, one it's point. It's a side thing. Yeah. Don't start talking about the story. Sure. Absolutely no way to spoil the backpacks. Uh, I got all the backpacks. I got all the landmarks, uh, and I'm like, I'm, I think I'm like halfway through the game. But I just like, sometimes I'm like, man, main story too stressful. Backpacks, easy, free, loving. I just I go around and just find backpacks for like hours. It's so good. The game is so good. Swinging around buildings. They, they did it. They perfected the, the system. And I mean, I feel like the Ugh. backpacks are super nice because they take you all into different places in the city that you probably wouldn't, like, pay a lot of attention to in detail. And there's so much detail in how they rendered the city that it just gives you, like, that extra little something because you get to appreciate all the work they put into it. It is amazing. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been swinging down the street you know, looking for a backpack because that's all I do in that game, apparently. But then I'm like, oh, look, that's uh, that's Empire State Building. Oh, look, that, like, I've been swinging down the street and been like, oh, I went to that place when I was in New York City for real. And that's exactly what it looked like. Like, it's it's amazing. And then they also add in, like, Avengers Tower is in there and Doctor Strange's, the, the Sanctum Sanctorum or whatever it's called, that's in there too. And, like... I kind of wonder too when I see those buildings. Like, you know how Avengers Tower is in New York City, and you can go there what's and Spider Man really and everything. What's what's in that spot? Yeah, what's in that spot in real life? We need to do some research. Do we? Do we know? I mean, that'd probably be a quick Google, but I also don't know if I want to like destroy the mystery. Maybe it's just like a vacant lot. Yeah, or maybe something. it's just like a parking lot. No, there's, there's. I don't think there's any vacant lots in New York City, but it might just be a parking lot. That's 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 a good thought. Um. Anyways, that's amazing. Uh, I'm in the VR world. Another uh, thing I am super excited for you for. It's amazing. Like, it is every bit as good as everyone I recommend Super Hot. As, as, it's every bit as I expected. I've heard Super Hot's very good. Um, right now, I'm playing a game called Farpoint, which is. Uh, you got I got the the aim controller, which it looks like you're like holding a gun with like a little balloon on the end. It looks kind of ridiculous when you're not in the VR, but when you're in the VR, whew, looks like a real gun. It's crazy what they're doing, but uh, it's so good. It's super hard. I'm learning, but um, 
it's a lot of fun. I, I have that. I have Doom also. Um, and I'm probably just going to be picking up a bunch of little other games as I go. Like Moss is another one that I want to get. Super Hot, I've heard a bunch of things about. Thumper, I've tried the demo for, and Thumper is super cool. I picked that up. Um, I think if you if you wait for I a like sale, it's... I know I got Thumper for like eight bucks. Totally worth it. That game, like the even just the demo, I mean that it's mesmerizing. I could just lose myself and I could I could spend a whole day in there. Which is like kind of scary, but also kind of amazing at the same time. Um, so yeah, uh, Christmas happened. All those games happened. Uh, I saw Aquaman. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I won't really dwell on that. Uh, saw saw family and all that, and now I'm back. And, and the working. only thing I know about Aquaman uh, is redheads. But, am I right? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that line because it's in all the trailers, all the TV spots. I knew it was coming. I knew I hated it already. And yet somehow it's, it's even worse when it's in the movie. Like just, ah, you're opening up Pandora's box here. That is, that is the worst written superhero movie ever. I think of all time. Like I, it's hard because like I saw it and I was laughing at it the whole time. I was there with a friend, and we were just laughing at it. And we're at parts where you shouldn't have been laughing. They didn't want you to laugh, but it was just so ridiculous. So, like, part of me is, like, I want everyone I talk to about it to go see it. But I also don't want people to waste It's kind of like when money. you eat something gross. So, like, you're right. It's exactly like that. You're like, dude, you got to try this, even though you know it's nasty because you just ate it. But, like, the thing about Aquaman is it's making, like, a ton of money. And, like, people are like, it's pretty good. I don't really understand that. Uh, I don't often fly in the face of, of critics, but I am in this case, I think. Most people seem to like it. They think it's good. I think it's horrible. Uh, I wish I had seen Into the Spider-Verse, and I did not that definitely, have that yet. I, we touched upon that briefly, that we went to go see it. And I would definitely say of the two movies, like, Into the Spider-Verse was probably, like, the most amazing artistic animated experience i've seen in quite some time and like that's even including pixar movies and stuff like that like the artistic direction of into the spider-verse was just incredible i can't even describe it like you just have to go see it so i have heard uh what let's talk about spider-man because uh today well the day the day that we're recording this uh the trailer for Far From Home just dropped, um, and you guys have, we've talked about it already, we've all watched it, uh, but we wanted to kind of just, just unpack that here on the podcast. Um, I'll turn it over to you guys first, but, but, but I would say that I, it's amazing. It was so, amazing. I have many thoughts. First of all, I really enjoyed, like, I just love the entire trailer. There are a lot of people who are upset because if you don't know anything about the Avengers universe. It's kind of a spoiler for the last movie, which hasn't come out yet. But at the same time, like, everyone kind of knew that... Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spider-Man is not going to disappear and die. Like, he's going to come back from the big snap. Like, it's not a surprise. So, people were enraged about that. But overall, like, it just looks super fun, super exciting. I had a few things that I'm kind of questioning in my mind. So the first one, and this is, I feel like, a major point... What we were just talking about with the game is that Spider-Man is, like, synonymous with New York City. He is, like, the New York City neighborhood-friendly Spider-Man. 
So to take him out of that setting and place him in Europe felt kind of like a weird direction. And I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be fun. But I just, it's weird for me to see him in a different setting that's not like directly linked to some big Avengers assemble phenomenon where he's not in New York City. Would you say he's far from home? Uh, Yes. (laughs) So it's a tricky tightrope to walk because I agree with you. And I, I think that other superheroes have fallen into that trap before. So like Batman leaving Gotham City, he turns into something ridiculous. See Justice League. I mean, Justice League is a bad example for a lot of reasons, but to me, one of the things that made Batman so bad in that movie was that he wasn't in Justice League. As far as Spider-Man goes, though, I will say it's a tricky tightrope to walk taking him out of New York City. They did do it in Homecoming, and the Washington Monument scene in Homecoming I thought was one of the best scenes in the movie. Um, So I think they... I think they're prepared. You know, I I think they they know how they're going to do it. Um, to that I point, though, like, them. they spent so much time it, in D.C. Like, we haven't really seen a lot of Peter Parker and New York City in this iteration of Spider-Man. It's just it's just very odd. That is me. true. And I So, you guys, I, you I guys would going to be like, what are you talking about? So, prepare yourselves. One thing in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has done successful, and I mean specifically the related Marvel movies, not ones that were like offshoots created by Fox movies, is all of the villains were not these larger than life villains. Mm-hmm. All, and and even, even Thanos, Agreed. he he was kind of to the same scale. And the thing that gets me nervous in this one is it appeared to be some rendition of Sandman. There was a big material glob monster. Yeah. Fighting and, and that's what gets me nervous. It's always these larger than life villains that make it more CGI and less relatable. And that, in my opinion, is the um, risky business, not necessarily the city of, of which it's located. See, the thing that I find very interesting, so, sorry, is just that the main villain, okay. and I know you're dying to talk about this because you love him, is Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And throughout the comic history, and uh-huh. I haven't read all of the Spider-Man comics, so correct me, viewers and listeners, if we're incorrect here, but the whole Mysterio's kind of shtick is that he likes to create bad situations so he can swoop in and make himself look like the hero so that he can do his devious misdeeds. So you think that's not Sandman, that it's a special effect? I think it's, in my opinion, I think it's something that he has created. That is the leading theory right now amongst most people who are who are paying attention, I think, is that he's a, he's supposed to be the special effects expert. That's like Mysterio doesn't have any superhuman abilities. I, I was looking at this all today because I was like, I don't really know much about Mysterio. So I was just doing my homework after watching the trailer. And it turns out he doesn't have any superhuman abilities. He's more just a special effects whiz and like he has some robotics experience that's what i thought at first but the villain appeared way too oddly similar to sandman so so there's three there's three renditions right there's a sandman there's like a Mm -hmm. water man then there's like a a a molten man there's actually names for these things i I looked it up again because the first thing i thought was oh that's sandman and i got excited because spider-man 3 toby mcguire version uh, shout out to Tobey Maguire, best Spider-Man, uh, had Sandman, and I thought it was pretty good. 
So I was like, oh, cool, they're doing that again. Um, but the more I dug into it, the more I realized that, oh, these are something else, and maybe there's something that Mysterio is manufacturing. Uh, but I don't I didn't know. even consider that. I thought he was... I thought it was more him colluding with Sandman to be a distraction rather than actually creating the, quote, Sandman effect. That's, that's an interesting theory. It seems like what my guess as to what's going to happen is that Nick Fury is going to find Spider-Man and say, hey, Spider-Man, there's these weird three, like, elemental evils working on this, but maybe you can help him. And then Spider-Man will be like, all right, I'll help him. And he'll go and help him. And then Mysterio will be like, ha gotcha, fool. And then, you know, become full bad guy. Guys, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, can we just can we just take a second? He, he was in the trailer for like two seconds, and it was amazing. Did it you was everything Jack I wanted. Those two seconds? I cannot wait. I had to change multiple articles of clothing. Like, so... I will for go the listeners, record. Illegal has a deep love for all movies Jake Gyllenhaal. And I've been there. I've been present for some of our Jake Gyllenhaal movie viewing experiences. And he is a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. We saw... That's right. We saw... Me and Nerd Bomber saw Nightcrawler in, like, an empty theater. Yep. That's right. And it was amazing. But that that's, like, one of the creepiest movies ever. Definitely watch it. It's incredible. Jake Gyllenhaal should have won an Oscar. He wasn't even nominated. I don't want to talk about it. But that movie is so good. Prisoners, another great Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Source Code? Deep cut, but that's also a good movie. Love Jake Gyllenhaal. Love his beard. Love everything he does. Um, what was I talking about? Boy, my train of thought. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I think Mysterio Whew. and his elemental people. Oh, here, well, so here's uh, another thing. Two more things I want to mention about the trailer. One, the music was true. amazing. I like that. They they revamped the the theme into like this epic orchestral, and I was, I mean, I'm a big movie score guy, so I was just like nerding out the whole time. And then the other thing, and I want your your guys' opinion on this, uh, based on what you saw in the trailer. It's heavily implied that that Tony Stark is is dead, right? Like, have we pretty much I didn't accepted get that any at this of point? those vibes? Can you elaborate? Like, okay, first of all, in Homecoming, Tony Stark is like everywhere. Okay, he showed up in the trailers. He was in the movie for like half of it. He's he's like Spider Man's dad, basically. He's like the de facto dad. Uh, in this one, he's nowhere. And at one point, Happy says, Happy Hogan, who, by the way, shows up multiple times without Tony Stark, which is also weird. Uh, at, at one point, I think Happy says, uh, like, something to Spider-Man, like, you're all on your own now or something. To me, it, I was getting strong Tony Stark. I don't know if vibes. he's necessarily but going to be dead. Just... I'm not really sure how Marvel is going to handle it. I don't know how many characters they're going to kill off, how many characters they're going to just have retire. And so, like... In my opinion, he's definitely out of the picture. Whether that means he's dead or retired, I'm not sure. Um, but I agree that he won't be in the picture anymore. I, well, they're in, and they're in Europe too, so that could be it. Yeah, but Tony Stark is a multi-millionaire who can go anywhere. Yeah, but in Europe, it would be at one point in Homecoming, he was 
Well, he was in India at one point, homecoming. He just he's Tony Stark. I mean, I think Tony Stark. I think he's dead. I will say that everything I've seen has been like. And my, when I say everything I've seen, I don't mean I've like heard rumors. I just mean like based on what happened in Infinity War, what happened in the trailer for Endgame. I'll bet like you a Wheaton that, Terrier ale. He's, he's gonna not die. dead. Uh, you, I'll take that bet. I will absolutely take that bet. I at this point, I'm just wondering whether he's gonna die on the ship in Endgame or if he's gonna die later on in the movie. I think Endgame might start with him on the ship doing that video call to Pepper Potts and then just croaking right there. Just to like, just to like set the tone of the whole movie. I, I doubt it, but I think it's a possibility. It's very interesting. I mean, that would be a good way for Marvel. That'd be a good way for them to be like, yo, just so you guys know off the top, people are going to die in this one. And they just kill them. Like, I could see it happening. There's also people who think that Far From Home is happening in like an alternate timeline or like it's happening before the events of Infinity War because supposedly Endgame is going to involve some kind of time travel element. Well, I know. So yeah. I it, want it to say as... one of the Marvel, yeah. um, I don't know if it was a director or somebody very heavily involved in the MCU has already come out and said that this is a very important movie because this is one of our first looks at the world after Endgame. So they kind of debunked that, like, this is definitely happening after Endgame. And part of the reason why we get this trailer now is actually pretty interesting. So Sony still holds the rights to this movie. And Marvel wanted to hold off, apparently, some rumblings that I heard on the internet, was that Marvel wanted to hold off on airing this trailer and wanted to have it, like, pretty much after Avengers came out. But Sony looked at that and was like, well, then you only have, like, a few weeks to really market this movie before Spider-Man comes out. So they push to have the trailer released now. I, I mean, I, I had that question too, actually, because I mean, first of all, everything you just said, of like, if you don't want to spoil people, which I don't think it was too spoilery. I think we all know that Spider-Man's not going to die, but like, if you want to avoid that whole thing, then just re- release it after Endgame. Or if you're not going to do that, at least wait for the Super Bowl. That was that could have easily been a Super Bowl trailer. Um, I mean, maybe Marvel or Sony just didn't want to pay for the time because it's super expensive. But that was one of the first things that I thought. Like, we're like, what, three weeks out from the Super Bowl? Just wait three weeks. Although, honestly, at this point, I don't know if a Marvel movie needs to waste money on advertising during the Super Bowl. Because look how much buzz it generated just from Tom Holland yesterday going on the internet and being like hey guys there might be a trailer dropping tomorrow true so i mean that's true i do by the way his internet presence and his whole like he goes on talk shows and just like spoil stuff like marvel must hate him have you guys ever seen his interviews honestly i really like him i think he fits the persona in real life too even of peter parker and i think he's a really good fit I know you still love Toby, but I think he's probably the most uh, lighthearted adaptation of Peter Parker that we've seen so far, and I feel like that really does fit. I'm holding out for a Toby Maguire cameo in in Far From Home. I mean, I mean, there's no more Stanley cameos. You need a cameo kinda, from somewhere. You, get Toby. You get got the- it from Jake Gyllenhaal because wasn't. When Tobey Maguire, he got, like, injured doing something. And when Spider-Man was being filmed, they almost replaced him with Jake Gyllenhaal. And then 
Tobey Maguire was able to do yeah. the movie, so then he never, obviously, was Spider-Man. So you kind of got it. Kind of. I mean, all I want is, like, just put Toby in a Stan Lee cameo. Just, like, put Toby walking down the street in Rome. Well, you got then, it in like, spi- in, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I didn't see Into the Spider-Verse, but I heard about that. Uh, with the dancing and everything. But, yeah. I... I love Jake Gyllenhaal. That's that's where I want to leave this. Can't wait. Uh, Far From Home comes out July 5th, I believe. Uh, by then, we'll know that Spider-Man is not dead. So, yeah. Uh, that is Spider-Man. Let's talk about the Consumer Electronics... Is it Consumer Electronics Show, or am I making that up? I think CES. it is the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, the Consumer Electronics Show is this place where it's in Vegas and a bunch of companies, Samsung, LG, all those guys come together and say, here's all the cool gadgets we're working on and all the people go crazy. Uh, us included, because we're about to talk about stuff that happened there. Um, mainly just go around and say what our, what the coolest thing we thought was, was shown there um, for the 2019 rendition. Any volunteers to take uh, us I'll off? I'll kick it off because I feel like I probably have at least one of – I have two that I was kind of pumped about. Um, and it's a little bit more unique. So North Face <sighs> unveiled a new super fabric that is called um, Future Light. And it's ultra waterproof, ultra breathable. And so for if you've ever owned a North Face product, they've pretty much used Gore-Tex, which is a lightweight waterproof material on almost all of their products. So they've come up with this new nano spinning process, and apparently it's a multi-layered fabric that somehow lets air escape out really easily without letting water get in. So it's supposed to be even more lightweight and even more waterproof, if that's possible. And they're going to start putting it on their new coats and garments and stuff sometime this year. So that's pretty cool. I always, I like me a good waterproof winter jacket. Um... And then the other thing that I found really interesting was a product called the Asus Mothership. Um, Asus is one of the major laptop and computer manufacturers out there. And they basically, it's not so much a laptop as it is a tablet almost. Um, it looks a lot like the closest thing I could compare it to is the Surface. And um, this thing is packed though. Like, it's got an NVIDIA RTX graphics card, an i9 processor. Um, if you know anything about computers, like these are pretty crazy specs. Uh, 64 gigs of RAM. And it's just a massive, massive um, just tablet gaming computer. And the coolest thing about it, in my opinion, is that the keyboard is detachable. So this is probably the first time we've really seen a gaming um, tablet device. Because, I mean, all of our tablets can kind of do games, but this is the first, like, very specified gaming tablet. So I thought that's cool. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a PC gamer, so all, all those specs you just threw at me were, would be like, you're going to go on Facebook faster than you ever have in your life. But, yeah, for PC gamers, that all sounds like a big deal. I didn't even know they were on the i9 yet. I thought we were still on i7. Did I miss i8? Uh, they usually. Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how they do um, odd numbers. Yeah. Odd numbers. Yeah. Uh, I 
NVIDIA the mm-hmm. graphics card. It, it's just, it's a really uh, good, for, for the form factor of this machine, it's a really good graphics card. It's a really high-powered tablet, basically. And we haven't seen something like that yet. Do you, do you happen to know how many thousands of dollars? Uh, that I did not, that I it did not catch. Expensive. Um but a lot, a lot of these products at at, at CES, they they don't show the price; they just show the technology too. Yeah. Right, which does not bode well for its affordability, but that's that's really not the point of the thing. It's just to get you excited, Anyways, really. Uh, I mean, yeah, the the thing. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next uh, and talk about. The Samsung Gems H, uh, which is Gems stands for Gate Enhancing Motivational System. <laughs> um, basically, Samsung has uh, built this line of assistive wearables. They're calling them, um, and the H is a lower body exoskeleton. So, this thing, it's I, I want to try, try and describe it for the people that can't see it. It looks kind of like you're wearing a utility belt that has two holsters on them, like one on each leg, and then at the bottom of the holster it wraps around like your thigh kind of um it's 4.6 pounds um light unobtrusive uh doesn't look altogether like horrible to wear um but supposedly if you use it in power assist mode uh it lets you walk with 23% less effort or almost 20% faster uh not that I walk that much but when I do I'll be exerting 23% less effort. Uh, to me, this is, we're one step closer to everyone walking around in Iron Man suits, which is the dream. Uh, and it's also like, you know, there's also a resistance mode, which lets people rehab after That's injuries. That's what I want to hear. Uh, or just kind of provide a... Uh, so like, if you, you know, if you pull your hammy, uh, you slap this baby on and, you know, walk around in it, I guess. Uh, it seems super super cool. Uh, that's that's one thing. That's like my techie thing. You Nerbummer, you did a techie thing, and then like a mm-hmm. not as techie thing. So I'll kind of stick to. Uh, actually, this is what Engadget uh, named the most impactful product of CES, uh, and it's called the Impossible Burger 2.0. So the Impossible Burger that currently exists is basically a burger that it's a meatless burger made all from plant proteins and stuff um but it supposedly tastes like a real meat patty i've never had one i will say that i've heard that they're amazing um and apparently the 2.0 which makes some amount of improvements to the formula um, namely it looks like lower environmental impact uh it apparently is so good that engadget named it the most impactful product of the show uh and i like food so that is my pick number wanna, two. Have you guys ever had a, I have a had veggie, veggie burger? burger? There's a wonderful Chipotle bean veggie burger that I will say is quite delicious. We had a, a little stint where we tried to be vegan for a little bit, which was a disaster, basically. Like, we, we managed to do it, but we got fat in the process, so that was super lot A lot of carbs. Yeah. Um, that's neither here nor there, but... So you're saying it was actually healthy? Well, the way that we were doing it, in order to avoid eating 
meat and dairy, we ended up just consuming a lot of like noodles and carbs and that's not the way you're supposed to do it either. But we did not find a really good meat substitute besides these veggie burgers that was like really satisfying and not gross. So I will say though, veggie burgers, pretty prime. Like if you haven't had one, go for it. I'm not sure that I've ever had one. I mean, I feel like I have to have, like, by accident at some point in my life, but I've never purposefully been like, I'm going to order a veggie like, burger off this you have to realize it, most veggie burgers don't actually taste like a hamburger, but, like, you can dress it up and it's more or less close. Well, so, but that's the thing is, like, and I've seen people try it on, like, YouTube and stuff, like, most people, when you're going to eat a veggie burger, it's like you said, they're like, okay, I need to lower my expectations, but then they bite into this Impossible Burger and they're like, oh my god. Like, it's apparently head and shoulders above the rest. Um, like, you know, for all I know, I'll bite into it and I'll be like, "This, nope, this is still nasty crap. But like, I never so much have I wanted to know as I do now looking at this Impossible Burger 2.0. You know, obviously I can't taste it, but like the picture, I mean, that's a burger. It's just a picture of what looks like a regular burger, but apparently it's not made out of meat. I would have so, loved to be there and seen these guys I, just grilling these. And then, you know, everyone was probably, they probably didn't even advertise. They were probably like, look at these guys. They're just grilling burgers. Why are they here? <laughs> right. Why are they, why are they the consumer? It's called the consumer electronics. Is that, you know, I should really once and for all figure out what CES stands for rather than just, I'm probably. Yeah, that's a point. What does that have to do with electronics, thing? a veggie burger? It is the International Consumer Electronics Show. It's organized by the Consumer Technology They probably just saw the word consumer so I guess, and was like, yep, nailed it. Well, I think it's a new technology that creates the burgers, well, and technically there's electronics behind it. Mm. Maybe. I mean, they might have just gone to the, the Consumer Technology Association and been like, burger. this food is technology. Here's how. I, I don't, I don't know how. You probably just walk around but, and try this. Try this. Just uh, try this. And then they're like, you're in. I mean, everyone's just like walking around this big expo, like looking at laptops. They're about to get hung- hungry eventually. So if you're going to have food there, you might as well make it like a trendy, semi-tech-ish food. I don't know. Uh, apparently it was, you know, good enough where people were like, this is the best thing that's here. Which like, can you imagine being <laughs> LG and like making your rollable TV and then like showing up and then like, some guy walks up to you and is like, oh, rollable TV. Well, I ate this burger that was the greatest thing I've ever tasted, so you guys <laughs> suck. <laughs> like, I had to really burst a lot of a lot of the tech giants' bubbles. Uh, so, Tactic, what do you got? My, my, my personal life is I grew up one of those uh, real greasy Italians. And um, so my teenage years, I had a big acne problem. And one of the things that... That, right, Preach, that and, and it might not just it's not even just an Ita- Italian problem it's a teenage raging hormone problem um yeah you said the grease part that was the most the important part? word you used I think yes grease greasy but one of the things that stood out to me yeah. was the opti skin editing wand which my god this thing is 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 a tool of lies in the best kind of way so skin editing wand that sounds so what it does is it's a it's a little handheld device. You you hold it over the blemish and it scans your skin, takes like a thousand images. Okay, from those images, 
it identifies the surrounding pigment of d that you want that blemish to look like, makes a custom color palette, and then uh, hits hits the let's call it a mole hits the mole with that color palette. Holy, oh uh, yeah, I'm looking at this now. It's like a micro printer that scans your skin and then prints yeah, exactly it's what it's nuts. looking at. What? No more, no more. photo day. Wow. Watch out! Here I come. <laughs> Look out! He's coming back to his high school's photo day, <laughs> ten years later with the Opti. That'd be a great commercial for them to do. Be like, "I'm back, baby." And this time I got and the skin. And then the following, and then my high school reunion, I'll, I'll go in with the Opti hair. Uh, receding editing wand 2020 watch out <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's what they'll call it the hair receding editing wand uh, okay that is pretty awesome uh, I could see myself using that even today especially in high school but even today photo idea at your, first, at your um, new job watch out right everyone's going to be watching out for the I'm I'm seeing it's actually called a beauty wand. That's the thing I'm looking at. I'm on Opti's website, and they're apparently that calling flows it a, a bit wand. Wet, better. Honestly. But, <laughs> I mean, I kind of like when you said skin editing. I was like, what the hell? So like, I think that's a little grabbier. Like, if you say I got a beauty wand for you, I'm gonna be like, get away from me. But if you say I got a skin editing wand for you, I'm gonna be like, where do I sign? That's just, that's just one man's opinion. Uh, so, yeah, CES. We should go next year. We should that's, go to Vegas next that's year. That's my takeaway from this conference. Regardless. See what it's all about. All the hubbub. Go to Vegas. Try an Impossible Burger 3.0 at CES. Maybe see a rollable we TV. Should go to, we should go to all the I keep mentioning companies and gloat about like something like a veggie burger in front of them. Oh no! I I just figured it out. You know what's going to be a at CES carrot. next year? Damn it! Oh, guys, on tap warriors. On tap warriors. That means that means on I have to warriors. develop We're gonna some be there. new brewing technology. I already did it. Star <laughs> Starburst and beer. That's technology enough. We give that to the people walking around the expo. They're going to be like most impactful product in show. And then, you know, we'll, we'll give them all a wheat and terrier, on, wheat the terrier house. on the house. Uh, yeah. It'd be like, this was the, the beer that started it all. And they'll be like, wow. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next year at CES. Um, let's talk, just to wrap up our news for the day, let's talk about a product that, as far as I know, was not at CES. Was this at CES? The 3D uh, I don't think that it was at CES, but I know it was announced that it would be, because this product has been out for a little bit for PC, but it hasn't been out for PS4, which is why it was announced recently for PS4. Um, the 3 It was oh, was it? at okay. CES. I stand corrected. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, and the Nerd Bomber knows a little bit more about this than I do, but essentially what they're calling it, it's called 3D Rudder, 
and it's a feet-based controller. So basically, you're sitting down, and you have your feet on this, like, disc-looking thing. And to move your character around in the game, you, move, you like, move the disc. So... That's the, not a... You, you the best way to see it, describe yeah, it is, Go do on. you know, if you guys have ever been to a gym or seen a gym on television in a commercial, there's that... <laughs> I, I don't want to make assumptions, but there's that, like... Medicine ball on a plate. The medicine ball on a plate. And the only reason I say that is because I honestly have never actually seen one of these in any gym that I've been to. I've only seen them on like television gyms. So that's why I say that. It's not condescending. Like I've literally never seen one in person. But it's like half a medicine ball cut in half and then there's a plate on top and you have to like stand on it and balance. And this is basically what that looks like. And you basically tilt your feet to direct the motion so think about like a thumbstick on the controller that's basically what you're doing but with your feet and supposedly like this thing has been out for pc and um i think oculus maybe um and apparently it's supposed to be very immersive and you it kind of gets rid of some of the motion sickness aspect between free motion in a lot of games and just being in a VR headset. Right. So my and this is this is a real issue because and, and surprisingly I have all kinds of motion sickness issues, but I haven't had a whole lot with the VR yet. But uh, actually, just yesterday, was it yes? No, it was the day before Sunday night. Uh, my girlfriend was playing Farpoint, the game I was talking about. And she had to like bow out because she was like, I'm just so nauseous. And she had to like go lay down because like sometimes when you're in there, it is extremely disorienting. Um, Having anything that can help if this medicine ball on a plate, as you call it, helps, then it'll probably be a big seller. Honestly, so I totally agree. And the, the thing that kind of puzzles me a little bit is right now. So the aim controller um, that has the thumbstick to aid with free motion like you can walk around with that but there's not a lot of games at the moment that actually have free motion capability so i'm just wondering what the support for this thing will be because i think it's over a hundred dollars it's 119 dollars um you can actually order it now and it'll ship in april but for such an expensive piece of equipment like you're almost halfway to a new vr headset unit will it be worth it and how many games will support it so one thing that I was thinking about when we were talking about earlier, uh, we'll call them innovations, is the exoskeleton made by Samsung. So that has options to give you resistance as well as just support, which means it has force feedback on your movement, which means it has signal out of your movement. I wonder if Samsung and these gaming companies could work together to do something with that in the gaming industry. Be it the technology already exists. You're talking like you're talking like haptic yeah. feedback. They literally like, have created the feedback loop around your leg motion with that device. All you need to do is output it to right. a game. And yes, the 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 problem is you'd be you'd be walking so you'd be going somewhere so, but you just slap that bad boy on any old treadmill doesn't need to be hooked to the game you're good to go right doesn't I even mean, need to be a treadmill it could be rollers I, first of all 
I think you're describing something that could definitely happen. In fact, I think you might be describing like CES 2020 or CES 2021. Because uh, like you said, the two technologies are there. They just need to be mushed, mushed. together. Uh, so yeah, while well, yes, you guys were mushed. talking, I just went on the 3D router website and looked at the list of games that are supported for the PS4. Um, and right now there are only seven games. And honestly, none of these games are mainstream. Like on the PC, uh, the list includes like Doom and Fallout VR and um, uh, Skyrim VR. And this, you've got a list of like seven kind of indie games. I have never heard of, I've never heard of any of these. It's it's more than seven. No, if you fair. filter by platform and do PlayStation VR, there's only seven games. It's time to move away from games with VR. It's time to go straight into social media. It says, I'm on I'm on the the three D run website as well, and it says. Upon launch, so it's probably right now it's probably compatible with seven, but it says upon launch it will be compatible with more than thirty games at launch. Although it gives you the list of games, and I don't recognize a Just single game. Of, have uh, you seen Wreck-It so, Ralph breaks the internet by any way. chance? I have. So not, he goes actually. on the internet, and they have a great scene. It's they go into eBay, and then they're they're in a room literally bidding like in real life. All this VR, no one's supporting it. Let's just go right into the internet. Immerse the internet in VR. Start, like, walking up to your friends. I think that'd be something amazing. Well, and I know they do have something kind of similar in PlayStation. There's, like, a chat room kind of thing where you can, like, sit in this room and see your little character and talk to people. And there's, like, a bar game. But it's not quite the same. Like, it would be cool to have what you're saying and what was in I, Wreck-It Ralph where you, like... I, I can meet people at a bar online. So it, it plays bar games. You get to play like pool and darts and stuff. You don't get to drink a beer. Well, and they, and, and they have that the commercial with Adam Levine and Jonah Hill. Have you guys seen it? And that's for Oculus. But that's where like they're like watching the Lakers game and like sitting mm-hmm. next to each other courtside and they have the Oculus headsets on. I do agree that I think that the social aspect of it is going to be huge in the future. Like... If you want to walk up to your friend on the internet, put on your headset and be like, hey, man, what's going on? And then you're like actually talking to each other. Like, I think that's pretty cool. And yes, you could just video chat, but that's not the point. You can't video chat courtside at a Lakers game. VR, everyone's got to get on board. Get on board, people. Um, With that, let's segue into our closing segment, which... Oh no, it is not a game. We're done with games. Out with the old, in with the new. And the new in 2019 is something suggested by our very own Nerbummer. Uh, it is a fantasy movie league. Nerbummer, tell them so, what they want. So, fantasy movie league, if you guys go to at least in a regal theater, for every movie there's an advertisement where they advertise basically fantasy movie league. And it's kind of like, oh, what is that? And it's it's almost like a take on fantasy football. You set a lineup for the week, and you have to pick movies. Each movie is given a budget, and movies that are releasing and expected to be, like, huge movies are split up into, like, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, Monday. And for that weekend, for each weekend, you have to pick a lineup of movies that you think will bring in the most money at the box office for that weekend. Um, so you basically are designing your own cineplex to see like what movies you would put in your movie theater. And then at the end of the weekend, 
all of the box office information is brought in, and whoever has the highest box office earnings wins for the week. So what we're going to do instead of this, um, our end of the segment game, is that every week we will, the three of us, will create a lineup and then we will discuss how the last two weeks, because we're a bi-weekly podcast, have gone in the Fantasy Movie League. The interesting thing about this is this gives us an opportunity to engage with you guys. Um, we will be throwing up the league and league password information on our Twitter account and our Facebook and you can go on there, you can join our league. Um, if you're doing really well, you'll get mentioned on the podcast when we discuss what happened, what movies were the best, what new movies released, how people did. And it'll give us some good fodder to talk about movies, at least once a podcast episode. And I think it'll be pretty fun. If any of you guys out there managed to beat me not likely but if it happens i reserve the right to be uh unreasonably upset at each and every one of you uh i will say with that in mind that i made my lineup already for week one and i just i feel like i have no idea i love movies i go every like i try to go like once a week basically i feel like i have no idea what i'm doing i feel like i know nothing um you have this limited budget and it doesn't go as far as you would think I do have one question, which is, so like, is it like, do you have a record? Like you win a week and you're like one and O or is it like, is it cumulative points, cumulative dollars from the first week to the end? How does it work? I believe if I set it up properly, it should be a cumulative point total. Um, And okay. So if I have a bad week, I can bounce back. And the way this is set up. So our podcast season usually is 10 episodes season i think season three was a little bit shorter because of holidays and whatnot um and so the the website caps you out on doing a 10-week season so what we're going to do is we're going to do two seasons of 10 weeks over the span of this podcast season so it's going to be 20 weeks um i don't know if there's going to be a prize just yet besides if you're a viewer you're going to get a wonderful shout out if you are one of the three of us who manages to win um we, you will probably get a beer and pride. pride the next time that we're all together in person. Ooh. A wheat a wheat and terrier? A wheat and terrier. Something that uh, you want from a, an actual a, bar. Snoopy sniffing stout. That too. A lemon a, a lemon star Oh, I got it. You know how I want to make a Starburst beer? We call it Starbeerst. Yeah, but that's not a lemon Starbeerst. So you brew that. Uh you keep that out of my house. No, that'll be that'll be my name. I'll 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 just do all candy beers. That's gonna be my theme. You should just all so, of your beers should be just beer names with consonants where they don't belong, like Bierst, Star Bierst. There's an extra R and an S in there. <laughs> just throw consonants. Star Bierst. Uh, I'm trying to think. Sour Patch Kids. You make a batch of beer, right? So I could just call it Sour Batch, Sour Batch Kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm off and running with this. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll have them all on tap at next year's CES. Um, and I do plan on winning this. this so the one league. thing that I, I would like your guys' opinion but, um, on, um, in setting up this league, and I honestly don't know if I can edit this at this point. I could always, I guess, set up a new one. Um, so the scoring, I just did their default scoring. And... 
they have if you get a perfect cineplex you get a bonus five million if you have the best performer you get a bonus two million and then if for every empty screen that you leave i think you get negative two million so i i don't i don't know if you guys have looked at the lineups yet i know i've already started looking ahead to next week's lineup because it starts next weekend um but there are quite a few empty screens that I have left. So do we want to get rid of the empty screen rule, or do nope. we want to just leave that in there? I think Strange. we just leave it. I'm with, okay. I'm with Tectic. Uh, as he so eloquently said, strategy. That's my reason. Strategy. Let's keep it interesting until it gets too hard. Then let's relax the rules. Uh, but right now, we don't know exactly what we're getting into. So, uh, yeah, sign up, join us in the Fantasy Movie League. You can uh, test your mettle against us three cinematic gurus. And uh, we look forward to shouting you out on the podcast. Um, And that wraps up today. So uh, thank you all for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, we'll talk at you next time. Bye.